0: A heavy charge drawn up against the church we're about to speak towards and the ministers and the people is by one who knew them better than they knew themselves. I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. We read that in Revelation 3, verse 15. Lukewarmness, my friends, or indifference in religion, is the worst temper in the world. If religion is a real thing, it is the most excellent thing, and therefore we should be in good sincerity in it. If it is not a real thing, It is the vilest posture, and we should be totally against it. If religion is worth anything, it is worth everything. And indifference here is inexcusable. Why dwell between two opinions? If God be God, follow him. If Baal be God, follow him. There is no room for neutrality. An open enemy shall have a brighter quarter than a deceitful, sterilized Christian grower. And there is more hope for a heathen than a fence rider, by the way. Christ expects that men should declare themselves in earnest, either for him or against him. Well, welcome to Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks, and it's a pleasure having you with me today. I know this might sound a bit off-key with the times we are living in with all the chaos going on around the world in 2021. But with that said, it is an exciting time as well. I have a good friend of mine, Bill Nordstrom. And he has a podcast titled, The Critical Musts. And I highly recommend that you tune in to his teaching. It would be well worth your while to learn about these days we are in and what's coming up in regard to the return of the Lord. You can email Bill Nordstrom at billnordstrom.buzzsprout.com. That's Bill BillNordstrom.Buzzsprout.com. Well, we are keeping on, keeping on, you might say, with a hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Our hearts are our lamps. And we need to keep our hearts full of Jesus so that he will shine within and through us to this lost and dying world that we are passing through. You see, God uses us as vessels to reach people, period. The enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy God's work and vessels. If you will recall the third temptation of Christ in Matthew 4, 8, verse 8 says, And again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, the devil said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Now, the key key part of that temptation, I thought, was when he, devil said, all these things, such as money, prosperity, the American dream, if you will, travel, and so on. This third temptation actually was the vilest, was the vilest of all. We've been going through Matthew 25 and some other scriptures as well that Jesus is teaching about people who are identifying themselves as Christians, but in all actuality, they are hypocrites. So today we're going to take a peek at a church back in the first century that models, and I get this, an alarming number of churches. In 2021, the church we're about to talk about in the first century represents the state of the church from the end of the spiritual reign of Christ till till the time of his personal appearing and kingdom to judge the hasty and dead. Now, you see, some people thought the spiritual reign of Christ was that 33 years that he was walking. But see, that just is not Scripture. For after the spiritual reign, this is what they feel, for after the spiritual reign rain is over, professors of religion will sink into a formality and into a lukewarm frame of spirit and into great spiritual sloth, if you will. Revelation 15, 3, 15, and 16. Which will make those times like the times of, you guessed it, Noah and Lot. And such will be the days of the coming of the Son of Man to judge the world. The name of the church is Laodicea. And it signifies two things. First, it signifies either the righteousness of the people, and so it may point to that popular external righteousness, or you might say they were looking the part, which the majority of the professors of the religion in this period of time will be boasting of and trusting in as being self-sufficient and self-dependent. Well, the second thing that it signifies is the judging of people for this church state at the end of it, we're talking about Laodicea, will bring on the general judgment. The judge will now be at the door indeed standing and knocking, they that are ready to meet the bridegroom when he comes will be admitted into the marriage chamber and sit down with him at his throne and in the thousand-year kingdom, at the close of which will be the second resurrection, when all the people, small and great, shall be judged, Revelation three nineteen through 21. You see, the church exists to give Christ glory. The gospel is not merely about God saving sinners from hell. It is also a call to repentance, where the sinner acknowledges Christ as Lord and strives for his kingdom, not their own everything a christian does should revolve around the relationship they have with christ tragically the laodiceans had taken their eyes off jesus and looked to their wealth as the fundamental as the fulfillment excuse me of their lives in essence they became like the world while bearing the name of Christ. This was blasphemous. You see, when the Laodiceans turned their hearts towards wealth, they portrayed a distorted image of Christ to the world by their own worldliness. In doing so, they not only sinned against God, but they also destroyed their witnesses for the gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns us to be careful not to lose the effectiveness of our witness. He asks, quote, "If salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again?" Matthew five thirteen. Well, the rhetorical response, of course, is, "It can't." Even if we graciously assume the Laodiceans were giving from their wealth, to some extent, it is clear it had nothing to do with Christ. They may have even enjoyed regular fellowship, sharing their material blessings amongst each other, gaining favor with the community through their kind deeds. Well. It doesn't matter. Humanitarian efforts detached from the gospel do not bring glory to God, period. Jesus rebuked the church of Laodicea, calling their deeds lukewarm. Some have actually incorrectly stated this description, and it implies being average or lacking in zeal for God— Such as notions does not fit the context of the passage because it gives too much credit to the Laodiceans. You see, even when we are average or lacking zeal in our godly living, our actions may still have some use for the Lord. Hot and cold water both have their prospective uses. However, Lukewarm water is completely useless. In fact, lukewarm water is not merely useless, but it is also detestable. For this reason, Jesus warns the Laodiceans. He is about to spew them out of his mouth. The literal translation of that phrase means to vomit them. This is not just a statement to make the Laodiceans feel bad for making Jesus sick, it is a warning issued by our Lord that he is about to remove the Laodicean church from their sphere of influence. If they don't change, Jesus does command the Laodiceans lay decisions, to become zealous. But this is coupled with repentance. He is not asking them to put more pep in their step. He is commanding them to yield again to his lordship and restore their fellowship with him. Again, Revelation 3, 19 through 20. A severe Punishment threatened by Christ says, I will spew thee out of my mouth. As lukewarm water turns the stomach and provokes to a vomit. Lukewarm professors turn the heart of Christ against them. He is sick of them and cannot long bear them they may call their lukewarmness charity meekness moderation but it is nauseous to christ that allow, the ones that allow themselves in it they shall be rejected and finally rejected for far be it from the holy jesus to return to that which has been rejected. I will say this also. In that scripture, in Revelation, Jesus also talks about overcomers. And he states, For those who overcome, they and their names will be written, in the Lamb's Book of Life. That overcoming thing has a lot to do with repentance. So here we are for a question. Do you know the difference between a hot and lukewarm Christian? And what makes the difference? Well, folks, it's it's been another good one. And until next time, let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just pray for the listeners here. And we pray for all of them, Father God, around the world that are listening. We just want to lift you up, Father God. I pray that you would touch their hearts with your word. I pray that they would dive into your word daily. I pray that they would grow and mature so that the world could see who they are. And by the world seeing who they are, they know who you are. Father God, I just lift them up so that these listeners as witnesses would be mighty for your glory. It's all about you, Lord. We are just vessels. You are the King. You are the creator. You are everything. Father, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm Neil Parks. Until next time.